Well, I think Joel and I are in sync. Maybe we are in sync. It just <laughs> feels like we're out of sync over Skype. Yeah. All right, let's do. Let's yeah. try. Let's try it one more time. Okay. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. No. Okay. Fuck it. All right. Yeah, well. It's fine. I'll okay. just. I'll do what I can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we ready then? Yep. When you're ready, Eddie. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Hello and welcome to the Fun Filtered Podcast. I'm back, I'm alive, and... You are alive. Yay! Today I'm joined by Jordan. Hello. And Sam. Hello. Uh, If it sounds different, we are doing this over Skype. (laughs) We're all in quarantine. We are all in quarantine, so we're seeing how this goes. Um, Yeah. It didn't go well last time, but... uh, No, fucking abysmal. (laughs) Uh, but it seems better so far. Yes. Uh, we'll see how it goes. God knows how it's going to sound in the end product. So apologies in advance for any crackly distort. But you know what? You get this for free, so fucking put up with it. Yeah. <laughs> we are making you content while everyone can't leave their home. So we're giving you something to listen to. Or- not only not only are we giving it to you for free, we're making it without anyone asking us or wanting us to do it. So I think, <laughs> frankly, wind your neck in if you've got any complaints. Yeah, that's fair enough. I respect that. Okay, let's crack on then, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've all watched The Invisible Man. George? George, have you watched The Invisible Man? <laughs> yes, I've watched okay, The Invisible right. Man. What are you saying? You're the outlier. You're the rogue. You're the wild card. You know, you never know if you're <laughs> going to watch the things. No, I have. I did watch The Invisible Man. I watched it at like two o'clock last night. Okay. I, I mean, to be fair, I watched it at 10 a.m. this morning. I also watched it this morning. Yeah. Oh, so not only did I watch it, I actually watched it first. You actually watched it? I actually watched it first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Thoughts? Yeah, it was alright. I didn't mind it. I thought I was going to hate it more than I did. Okay. You th- why did you think you were going to hate it? It's not really the kind of films I watch very often. Horror or? Hor- yeah. Like, because it's obviously. No, you don't watch women-led films, do you? No, I can't stand them. Um, <laughs> absolutely shambolic. Being misogynist and all that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's an absolutely shambolic uh, state of affairs that they're letting women need films these days. I like I like the, this recurring, definitely hypocrisy of the the running gag is that I call you a misogynist, but in terms of what's said, I'm the one that comes across as a misogynist more than anybody else. Definitely. Yeah. I also like Eddie that you do absolutely nothing to defend no, yourself. I just, I just go. Oh yeah. I, no, I just, yeah, I just run with couple. it now. I just I you know, fuck it in it. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I don't particularly watch horror films, and I, I suppose that falls into this category. Obviously, they've taken the original story and put it in the modern setting, so of course it had a Me Too influence. I was going to say, I haven't seen the original Invisible Man, nor have I read the book that it's based on, no. but I'm pretty sure this is nothing like the original Invisible Man. No. no they. I, I saw the Invisible Man relatively recently as part of my classics catch-up binge thing. Completely disconnected from this uh reinterpretation whatever you want to call it yes they are nothing alike at yeah. all okay are they too like does it does it does it feel like oh this is just a completely different film that they've cynically slapped the invisible man name onto or does it still kind of have the essence well of- i haven't i haven't read the book either so i don't know which i would presume the original is more faithful to the source novel yeah or short story so. whatever it is I, I i don't know i wouldn't call it cynical i i would just it's sort of like, right, here's an idea or a property. Do your own thing with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't call... I mean, it's not like there's a... a I wouldn't imagine there's an ardent, loyalist uh, fan base out there that I, I felt kind of, you know, cheated <laughs> by yeah. by this interpretation. But 
No, I, uh, two is not a word I would use. It's, it's not too separate. I would just say completely. Okay. Do you okay. know what I mean? Okay. Two has a uh, value. It implies they're doing something wrong. Yeah, it has a value judgment in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say, is it almost fair to say then that it's basically they've taken the title and kind of run roughly with it? Yeah, I would say so. Because uh, this was originally stated to be part of the... The Dark Universe. Dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Universal Dark, Dark Universe. Universe. Which, I mean, that probably would have been completely different from the original Invisible Man as well. This is, um, I suppose, a bit more in line with it because this is nominally a horror film. Yeah. It's, well, it it bills itself as sci-fi horror. Oh, does it? Yes. Okay. And I suppose okay. I, I suppose that. I can't dispute that because there is sci-fi in it and there yeah, is yeah. It, it is kind no. of i suppose literally a sci-fi horror to an extent yeah. sci- when you think sci-fi horror th- there's a whole kind of panoply of image that you get and yeah it's not mm. sci-fi horror in the same way that like aliens yeah, yeah. it's not that sort of no know, uh, sci-fi this is horror. this is minimalist brutalist uh sci-fi horror you know right it's not. It's a psychological thriller, isn't it? It's. It's not yeah, even it's, really. It's a sort of film. a traditional, like your typical woman alone in a house and there's something after her type of horror film. But the horror gets explained. Yeah. So I suppose that's where yeah. the science fiction element comes in is the explanation of what's going on. Yeah, it's scientific. It's not supernatural. So I mean, yeah. that's the sci-fi element, I guess. Yeah. Um, George, what did you think? Broadly um, speaking, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. The film kind of started, and it did look just like any other horror film of this ilk it looked like insidious or you know not in Mm. not in terms of it's sort of like how much it was pushing the horror it just physically looked like those type of films okay so i just kind of went ah okay this is this is going to be not necessarily a slog i'm just i'm not going to be engaged in this right um but i think the thing that sort of i guess won me over and i'm not saying won me over in the sense that i'm like you know oh this is such a great film Mm. just in the sense of okay we all know you bought it on amazon video (laughs) (laughs) is that where it's available yeah, it's like, but it's like okay. fifteen ninety nine. They were like, "Oh, it's the price of like as two cinema tickets." I was like, "Nah, I can get four for that." It's fifteen ninety nine to to get the Invisible Man. Yeah, because because they took it out of the cinema and put it on demand, didn't they? Yeah, but that how does that work? I don't know. I, d- I don't know whether you get to scandalous. keep it. Yeah, I don't know whether you get to keep it or not. But it's like fifteen ninety nine apparently. If you can keep I would it, assume so. Fair I, do you know what? I'm gonna while we're yeah. doing this, I'm gonna look it up. I've okay. got I've got Amazon on my computer, so let's have a look. If you if you buy it now. Then okay, I can sort because it's like the price for cinema ticket and the DVD, but it's less than both. Yeah, that's fair enough. If it's just to rent it, nah, that's yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, no, it's 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 fifteen ninety nine to rent, and it's billed as early access. Right now, because you see, with early access, because in video game language, if you buy a game early access, I think you get to keep it. I don't think you have to rebuy it when it comes out for so, real. So what it says on Amazon is rentals include thirty days to start watching it. But then you only have forty eight hours to finish it. Oh so, right, okay, right. Uh, yeah, I'm not paying fifty ninety nine. I happily watched it illegally. <laughs> so, yeah, we all don't did. say that. I don't give I a suppose, shit. George. I've got nothing to do police, while uh, I'm off. I was going to say the police are a bit preoccupied at the moment with other stuff. Yeah, they're telling me off for going for a fucking walk. <laughs> I genuinely right. I'm, okay, this is going to be a bit naughty now admitting this, <sighs> but you went out for two walks, didn't you? So, <laughs> no, in order to get. Um, Eddie's microphone to him I had to leave the house and I had to physically go to Sam's pick up the mic and deliver it to Eddie's which I'm pretty sure that isn't covered by essential travel in the eyes of uh, the government you had a Tesco pack in your car George what do you mean (laughs) yeah that's the thing in order to um, in case I was pulled over by the police I I took a bag of shopping with me just like a girl, like, oh, I've been shopping. She had an alibi. Yeah. I had an alibi, yeah. I haven't done it since. I've legitimately only left the house to go shopping. Yeah. 
now uh, but it was the day of the lockdown we were like shit we need to get eddie's mic to him <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, yeah. we're just not going to be able to do these podcasts. Well, it's essential travel if you're a if you're a fun limited, fun filtered. Well, yes, acolyte. of course, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you feel like you're stooping to that level. Like you could pretty much justify anything as essential travel, couldn't you? I mean, but I, that's what's happening anyway. Yeah, I will say I went to Tesco's last night and I bought some sweets to have in the evening. But then I also bought things like cereal and just shoved them on top of them in the bag so that then you couldn't see the sweets. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I um, I generally have a policy that I don't buy video games brand new. I always wait for a price drop and I always wait to see if they bring out like other versions of them, mm-hmm. especially in this current age of like day one patches, yeah. and mm. game of the year editions and all that sort of stuff. But given that we're going to be locked down basically indefinitely for the time being, I picked up Doom Eternal, which was only released a couple of days ago. So that meant that I had to physically go to Tesco's and buy it. But obviously the way they do it is... They give you like the box, but you have to give them the the box at the counter, and they go get the actual game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just had to kind of stand there, like, oh, can you, <laughs> can you, can you get this video game for me, please? But I bought milk and everything as well, so I, that was going to be my excuse. It's like I, I have come out for essentials. Well, but yeah, can I also have this video game, please? We promise we wouldn't talk about it. Uh, we we won't. We won't talk about no. the thing. But just per- no. personal experience. I'm having an interesting uh, implosion in the sense of. As you both know, I'm quite obsessive compulsive. I like consistency across certain things and, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I have just sunk further and further into that uh, in terms of arra- <laughs> arranging all my documents and making sure that there's the exact precise, you know, yeah. uh, mm. similarities. And at the moment, I've got crippling sciatica, which if, <laughs> if you don't know is basically it's when you you have like a slip disc or something in your back and the sciatic nerve is agitated and it's like if you, well, if you walk, it it shoots burning pain up your leg and back and through your whole body, basically. It's agony. And uh, it's been at its peak the last few days. And so I've become an expert in efficiency in terms of, right, I've got to move to that side of the room for something. What, what can I accomplish What can I take with me yeah. <laughs> across for later, you know? Mm. And I tell you, it's terrible when... You, you kind of have to go upstairs and it legitimately take, it took, yes, it took me. I, I, I went for a pee and then I was coming back downstairs and as I left the toilet, I started a podcast on my phone that was an hour and a half long and by the time I got to the bottom of the stairs, it finished. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so you as should, a result. You should, you should listen to our uh, top 10 of the 10s. That'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you, you do a no, couple of if you don't make it down time. the stairs by the end of part three, then you've got problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I've become a kind of master. Uh, but the, the worst thing is when you make that journey and realize you forgot something in the other room. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, I saw your the post about the cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's genuinely. Ha- yeah. So I, it wasn't even as bad at that point. I had made a cup of tea. When I got to the stairs, it sort of became excruciating. So that what I'll do is I'll sit on the bottom step and then push myself up gradually, step by step. I put the tea on the floor, obviously meaning to bring it with me on each leg of the journey. And, and given the time it would take, drink it as I ascended the stairs. Uh, I got halfway and I had forgotten the cup. And <laughs> it was just this pitiable gulf yeah. as I stared at the tea mocking me on the floor. I can imagine it. I can imagine how it'd be shot, just like from the yeah. cup of tea's point of view. Yeah. You all the way at the top of the stairs. Just sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> my elbow. Wide angle lens, just so you look even further away, you know? Yeah, it's just aerial view. No, yeah. Um, it's like that shot in Jaws, isn't it? <laughs> it's doing that. <laughs> uh, what's that called? What's that shot called? Oh, the Hitchcock zoom. 
Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Dolly Zoom. There's a, like a technical term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember. Yes, that, that's that's pitiful. You know, when you when you've forgotten something, that it's just it's so bottom yeah. shit misery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say I don't have sciatica, but I have a slip disc problem with my back. Right. So when I have that, and that literally put, leaves me stuck in the bed, it's very difficult to move and do anything with that. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I I don't have a I don't have sciatica, but I am fat. So you know, sciatica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay well so you yeah, to the so, yeah man. so the invisible man yeah i was gonna say the thing that ended up sort of winning me over in the sense that i uh felt sort of like oh this is all right this film mm. was the cinematography which i think is definitely the best thing about the film yeah. yeah the camera sort of like panning over to like empty doorways and kind of staying there for a while mm-hmm. and the fact that they always kind of shoots they always leave enough room in the frame so it kind of feels like the camera is accommodating for another person, even yeah. though there's no other person there, yeah. which yeah. I think was brilliant. That's yeah. a brilliant design choice because mm-hmm. it really helps sort of like solidify the idea that there could be someone in the room with you at any moment, even when mm-hmm. there's, I suppose, not supposed to be. It's yeah. like in It Follows when they would always, like if they were ever in a crowd, they would always have somebody walking towards the main characters, mm-hmm. but they would never make a point of it. So you never knew whether the creature was actually in the shot with them or not yeah. yeah so yeah the cinematography was absolutely the best thing about it well it's it's seamless isn't it yeah i mean it's that thing of like oh, go on finish no, no i was go. only going to say like there were moments of like restraints and that's yeah. one of the things that elevates it as well is a lot of films like insidious mm-hmm. they're not restrained no it's just kind of jump scare jump scare jump scare constantly and bang, yeah. bang 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 and there's little moments of that yes little but yeah. it like when she leaves the kitchen and it just stays on the kitchen mm. and there's nothing happening in the shots yeah. Like, it's just, like, bacon sizzling in a pan, and you're like, this shot is still going. Why is this shot still going? Yeah, it's um, it's seamless in the sense of, you know, much of the film is occupied by an invisible character, and yeah. it always feels like he's there. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things that, when you watch the film, it doesn't really occur to you, but then when you think of it from the ground floor of, they had to construct this whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, you know, they did, that was really an accomplishment. Um, yeah. Lee Whannell, he is he is he the guy behind Insidious? I don't actually know. Okay, I should have probably looked at the writer director. Because I will say, I haven't seen those films. I have no inclination to see them. They're not so, they're not my kind of thing. But this felt much more like a Mike Flanagan joint. Yeah, I can I can I could yeah. have pictured him doing something like uh, this. Yeah, cinematographically and yeah, the, the kind of horror with restraint. You know, classic di- horror. He, he directed Insidious ones to three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh no no sorry sorry he wrote one and two and then directed three sorry. Oh, yeah, he he's definitely a horror well. guy. Yeah. Did what, sorry? He did Upgrade. Oh, did he? Yeah, because okay. I think the villain from Upgrade is in this briefly, isn't he? He's the guy that she goes to have the job interview for. Oh, right. Okay. That sentence wasn't correct. It wasn't grammatically correct. Yeah, yeah. But I it know, got I the know. point across. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I really liked it. Like, I okay. liked it a lot, I gotta say. Similarly, I don't know. I, I had a kind of... It had I hadn't seen any trailers, but it, it had that look of, oh, this is... Uh, sleek refined horror you know where it's mm. it's not genre horror it's kind of it's it's psychological thriller with one foot in uh the horror genre like hill house exactly like hill house this looks okay. a lot there it has the kind of color scheme and even kind of color grading of that sort of yeah, thing yeah yeah now you mention it yeah it does a bit it's a bit grayer you know stark cold and but i was similarly i'd hear that it was a, it was kind of about gaslighting and so i was similarly a bit kind of kind of aggrieved I suppose before I saw it but I didn't find that element at all 
irritating. I thought it was done quite well. You, what about you guys? What do you think of that? Not, I wouldn't call it the Me Too angle, but the, I suppose, the, the female empowerment well, angle. Okay, are you referring to the ending when you say that? Because that was the only moment where I felt like, okay, if you were going to make a point of this being female empowerment, it would be this moment. No, I mean, well, I mean, yes, okay. The arc is one of female empowerment, but I mean yes. the, the, the theme of um, women... Uh, and men, you know, women being controlled by men, abuse and that sort I mean, of thing. I mean, if you're going off the the sentence Me Too, I think it's Me Too light. Okay. Well, it's only the one guy. It's the villain. Well. He's the only person. Like, and, like and his the, brother. Like the, and his brother, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But the, um, like she, the, the main character, is it Cecilia, her name? Yeah. Yeah. Cecilia lives with a guy, like with a friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's not like that at all. No, but it's, it's still clearly trying to do a, a wider thing about um, how men have gaslit women. It's, you know, it's, mm. cl- it's not saying all men are like this, obviously. Yeah. But it's, it's using that character to represent yeah. a certain type of, uh, you know, maleness and masculinity, isn't it? I mean, the fact that when she goes to that job interview that you mentioned, she says that she worked in Paris and he says, oh, is it a rule that all uh, good-looking women have to work in Paris? And she mm. kind of brushes it off. There are little moments like that in the film where it's kind of suggesting a wider, more insidious... Uh, chauvinism but that's oh, okay that's definitely what the film is about a man making a woman think she's crazy when in fact he's behind it all yeah no yeah. i don't dispute that it's absolutely about that almost to the point where i felt like i didn't know whether for the first couple of instances when the yeah we should probably say what the story is shouldn't we yeah um <clears throat> it's basically this woman cecilia who she at the beginning of the film escapes uh, an abusive relationship mm-hmm. with this like very very rich optics yeah. guy he yeah. works in uh, mechanical optics whatever it is and she um finds out not long after that the guy has apparently killed himself yeah uh, and then for the rest of the film she she starts to believe that he has built some sort of invisibility suit and is sort of fucking with her life which he is which he is but here's the thing i don't like it's called the invisible man the trailers show basically an invisible man we know that she's right. As soon as she floats the idea that he's invisible, we know that she's right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we're supposed to think initially that she is legitimately going crazy. I don't think so. No. Okay. I, th- I think the thing is they run with the going crazy bit for long enough that it's supposed to be, it's probably supposed to be going, oh, well, maybe she is going crazy because you didn't yeah, think she was going crazy. Yeah, I don't know the crazy, film is but... sort of like initially, um, yeah, it's supposed to create the impression. Oh, maybe she, like when she goes to the job interview and she opens up her portfolio of work and it's empty and she goes, oh, I definitely, I know I definitely put it in here. Moments like that, I don't know whether you're supposed to, I, you're I, supposed I, to I, like hint at the possibility that she is, that there is no Adrian. Okay. Adrian being the name of the ex. I really don't think that's the case. I think what that's doing is showing what it must look like to other people. Okay, yeah. Yes. Because that's what it's about. It's about a woman that, it's, it's a facsimile for... Uh, kind of women who've been abused and then paranoia and the you know the trauma the the post traumatic stress disorder after yes. it. Yeah. I like and, the initially yeah. after the escape um when she's like trying to go to the mailbox to collect the mail mm. and there's like a jogger coming towards her. Yeah. And the footsteps are really loud and it makes you feel like, oh God, something's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's her kind of in these situations where she looks like she's a bit mad. Mm. And and her saying, No, you don't get it, it's Adrian. You know, it's my ex and everyone's like, oh okay you're clearly, you haven't resolved your yeah. um, trauma, you know. But yeah, never... You know, even though that that kind of is throughout the film, it was, I never felt it was heavy-handed, you know? No, it's kind yeah. of, it's obvious, but it's not heavy-handed. Yeah. It's, oh, this is, I can see what they're doing here, but they're never hitting you around the head with it, you know? 
Yeah, no, I I mean, there's that. I also, I'm not a fan of, you know, re, when people reimagine uh, pre-existing properties. Like, like, let's just take this for an example. So it's The Invisible Man, but we're making it in 2019, 2020. So The Invisible Man's suit will be, because he's a technology optics guy. I usually don't like that sort of easy surface updatery. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I felt this was fine. Like it's that's the only detail really. Um, you know, it's 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 yeah, it's science fiction generated. It's not inexplicable. But that's it. Other than that, it's like, okay. Yeah. Well yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? Like as soon as that suit comes into play and you discover that suit, all horror yeah. is gone. Because you know what's happening now. You know what the monster is. There's no there's nothing to be afraid of, basically. Nothing to be afraid of, no. I, I can't say I was ever afraid. It didn't get me on that level. I was never afraid no, of the film. but this is why I sort of say, like, I don't know whether the film was trying to imply that she was legitimately going crazy. Yeah. Like, I know that thematically it wouldn't make sense because we have to be aware, we have to know that this is happening from the beginning to yeah. sort of understand the theme of the film and for the film to explore that theme. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether, as a horror film, it would have been a better decision for her to, like, wake up in the middle of the night and the door is open, and we legitimately don't know whether she left the door open or not. Things mm. like, because she goes outside, and she she's sort of like, she's outside in the cold air, and you see the breath coming out of her mouth, and then next to her you see breath coming from the invisible man's mouth. Yeah. So you know that there's a presence there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether for the first two or three scares, maybe, no, they're not really scares, but mm. yeah, you know, whether we should, whether the film should have kept his existence of secrets. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't recommend it on the horror level. There are a few little moments, but mm. I, for me, like horror, if, if it, you know, I do find myself jumping a lot. I tend to just write off the film. Yeah. Right? Okay. So for me, a horror film, it, it can work on two levels. It can work on the level of it's unsettling me with its atmosphere, or it can work on the level of, I acknowledge this is objectively a horror film because it deals in those areas and, and has tropes and all the rest of it, but it's just an idea expressed in that format. Okay. So uh, this would fall into that category. I, the film didn't really unsettle me. There were little moments where it's like, ooh, okay. But for the most part, it's, oh, I see what idea they're doing here, and they're doing it in a horror-y, psychological thriller context. And I appreciate that. I just Mm. enjoyed it as a drama film, I suppose. Yeah. Because, yeah, like at the beginning, I think is the first suggestion he's there, the the bacon or the eggs. She's cooking. She leaves the room. The camera stays fixed. And then the heat is turned up and it creates a fire. Yeah. So, like, you know before she does that she exists. Well, that could be an instance of... Because you suggesting that now, that was kind of the most... Until this moment, I didn't consider that that was him. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't know whether that sort of plays into what I'm saying. Like, that could... Like, that's a moment where... Oh, is she genuinely, like... I I don't know. I think uh, there's... A film exists, you know, that that could have gone that way. Or a potential film exists that could have gone that way. I think the fact that you see the heat turn up is the film saying, right you're meant to be with her know that it's another figure that w- that's okay. my interpretation though you know i think it's not trying to make you doubt her it's trying to make you feel the anxiety of please other people have to believe her you know yeah, yeah. It, it gives us a sense of we know that he's there but obviously everyone in the story doesn't yes so yeah it's going for that kind of approach rather than okay that's fair enough yeah. i mean that would have it would have changed the film wouldn't it if we didn't know yeah until like the end of the second act for example yes. that there was another presence in her life that would have completely changed 
what the film was about. So I'm not oh, yeah, saying necessarily it's... that the film would be better if it did that. I'm just wondering if if you are going to build this because this is Blumhouse as well, which are, but they do yeah. pretty much almost exclusively do horror films. Yeah. So I don't know whether like as a genre film it would be maybe it would be better to do that but as a film like as it is yeah it's it's it doesn't ruin the film or anything yeah no i mean i i like the simple i mean it's very simple film across the board you know Mm. i increasingly like simplicity in storytelling right yeah so i like the simplicity in the sense of there's no doubt about her mental state like I said, that is open for interpretation. Yeah, like said, another film could have done that, but yeah, I liked that it was about her having to prove that she wasn't crazy, you know? Because yeah, a film where you're skeptical, what's the jeopardy? I don't really know what what's the point. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, right, if okay. she is mad, I don't really know why I'm watching it. Mm. Well, it's it's more about the concept, isn't it? Just yeah, like, it, it's a you're mood, alone. A you're piece. alone in a house, but you're not alone. Like yeah, that's yeah. a scary idea. Which mm. the film, again, because it's about gaslighting, the film can't explore that. But I'm not saying necessarily that it should. It's no, just, no, no. But it, the it's horror like, doesn't stand up because of it. Mm. It's almost like the equivalent of it was all a dream, isn't it? If if I'm watching a film about all this and yeah, she's just mad. Like right, nothing's happened. <laughs> I haven't gained right. anything from that experience. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I really. The ending is interesting. Okay. Because you you do kind of get a climactic sequence, but it's not at the end. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was interesting because she's put, spoilers, she is uh, remanded into a healthcare facility. Pending trial. Pending trial. And th- by this point, she's sort of getting to grips with, you know, she knows she's there all the time and she's figuring out how to outwit him. Yeah. Uh, and so she's escaping as he is kind of murdering uh, p- police officers and guards around her. Uh, so that's kind of the big action-y ending. Yeah. But then the actual resolution is the... Okay, essentially the villain is in, is in cahoots with his brother and he sets his brother up to be killed and sort of stages uh, his own kidnapping, basically. Makes it look like his brother kidnapped him. So the, the film ends with her going to visit him because she is pregnant and he wants her to return to him. He's using the baby to sort of uh, wheel her back in. Yes. Reel her. Reel her, reel her back, back in. in, yeah. yeah. And that's it. They have a dinner. He's clearly mad. Yeah. And she kills him. And that's the ending, you know? <laughs> There's no big fight. There's no big... She uses a secret invisible suit and she stabs him. Yeah. Well, she cuts his throat. Cuts his throat. And then uh, the cop who she has lived with basically just decides, yeah, all right, I'll let you go. <laughs> well, yeah. He, you how, know. Yeah. How did we? How did we feel about that? What that he lets her go? Yeah, I suppose that he lets her go. I mean, I'm with him. Yeah, with the with the cop. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Okay. Man, man needed to die. She killed him. Can't. Yeah. Can't prove it. Fuck it. Is it a bit um not hypocritical, but like the whole film, she's been like tormented by this guy. Yeah. He's like completely ruined her life. He framed her for murder. Yeah. Using this invisible visible suit. And then at the very end of the film, she basically uses her cop friend to get herself into a situation where she can kill this guy. Yeah. And he figures that out. But eventually, yeah. but ultimately he just kind of goes, yeah, okay, I'll, I won't tell anyone. And then she walks away and she's smiling. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, it oh, no, bit... there's nothing wrong with that, mate. I mean, this is a woman who's been abused in every which way by this guy. He's been a specter over her entire existence. He's not going to stop. He, he, he has a story that is convincing you know what I mean like no one's going to believe her how how is he gonna be stopped he has to die yeah 
Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think in real in real life, I would condone his murder, like genuinely. Yeah. Right. You know. Well, okay. I do. If, in, I, I, yeah. say, I do love the fact though that she, in the end, she does technically get away with a double homicide because she kills the brother and she kills him. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the, to be fair, the, the brother is much more in a self-defense scenario. Well, yes. Yes. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. Well, okay. That's micro self-defense. When she kills the, the the main villain, I suppose that's macro self-defense, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, here's the... My problem is not that she killed the main villain. Yes, yeah. I'm completely on your side. He absolutely deserved to die. Yes. My only worry is that it hurts the character, the fact that she did that. Why? Well, the, like like I said, the fact that, you know, she used the invisible suits to make it look like he committed suicide. Yeah. Which well, she's is... Used, turning his own weapon against him, isn't she? Yeah. Right, okay. This whole film, he's been kind of one step ahead of her. And then at the very end, she gets the leg up on him. She outsmarts him, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair enough. Yeah. Like, that was my only worry. Coming away from it, I did kind of feel like, oh, I don't know. She's been like, I understand, like, you know, oh, that guy is dead. Yay. And she mm. was able to defeat him and she's finally escaped him. Yay. Mm. But I don't know whether her adopting the methods that he's been, basically the methods he's been using this entire film. Right. I don't know whether that hurts her as a character. I don't think so. I mean, how she can't defeat him with love, can she? No. I don't think it's it's hypocritical. It's not like... Well, it's just not. <laughs> I mean, it's not hypocritical <laughs> kind of... It wasn't like she, at any point in the film she said, in any situation, it is wrong to kill. Yeah, okay. It's not yeah. as if they've they've established a rule that they're breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, the moment that I... I didn't, I didn't, like, love, love it, but I kind of loved it. I small L loved it. The, the moment that, uh, for me, was the... Um, when her sister is killed. Mm. I was like, oh, they're really going out there. Okay. Okay. Like, I thought the sister would kind of... She'd win her sister back around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's clearly um, what they're going for. Yeah, yeah. Ah, she dead. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I thought that was... I was like, oh, shit. Like, stakes just, sh- it, like, shot up into the stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And when it sort of... Because um, he's done other things prior to this that, to, to kind of subtly fuck with her. Yeah, So yeah. when he kills her sister... And then she's in like police custody and they're saying, oh, earlier in the film you did this and earlier in the film you did that. It's like, mm. oh, okay, this whole thing was a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't just like trying to make her feel like he was genuinely setting her up for murder from the start, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's nice. I think it's... Not that she was set. Not that he was setting her up for murder. That wasn't nice. The fact that yes, uh, yeah, the yeah, film was nice, you know. Narratively. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I had a degree of empathy for him uh, in the sense I was, I, I thought, okay, if I wanted to fuck with somebody... Uh, you know, and I had that suit. That is how I exactly how I would do it. Okay, you know? mm. I wouldn't uh, just like push them. <laughs> I'll just be physically aggressive. <laughs> I would just slowly drive them insane by like moving something or yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, he's, he's got the right idea there. I sympathise with that <laughs> with that villainy, if not his motive for it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a thing that added to the Flanagan ness is um, the guy who plays the main villain plays. Luke in The Haunting of Hill House. I thought I recognised him. Yeah. I couldn't place him, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss is really good, I think. I think yeah. Just, yeah, just kind of perfectly judged, mm. you know? It, it's never too hysterical. It's never too victim-y. No. It's, she just kind of strikes the right line. Yeah, she feels real. Yeah. yeah. Like, she looks um, dishevelled, and she looks like she's been crying all the time. Yeah, She yeah. genuinely looks like she's in the position the film is telling us that she's been in. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really nice. No, I, I, mean, I love the moment. I was just saying, with, with any film like this, obviously, there is a lot of people throwing themselves around, and I, I felt like she, for any of that, she's handled it quite well. However, they've done it with the tricks of... Oh, yeah, it's digital trickery, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they managed... Yeah, the... Yeah. Um, there are a couple of fight sequences with the Invisible Man while he's invisible. 
So mm. it is basically just people flailing around. But it's it's well done enough. It never yeah. feels too goofy. You so know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's never gimmicky either. It's not, no. you know, like in there's a an obvious kind of uh, opportunity to do to do a quick silver sequence, isn't it? In the yeah. sense of one really hyper stylized going down the corridors, he's fucking up all these cops. Mm. And there's a little bit of that, but yeah, it, it, again, it was the right level. Because yeah, if, you, if you're going to the... watch... Go on. No, I was going to say, isn't the fight sequence he has with Cecilia one take? Yeah. Yeah. But you're not... Th- uh, yeah, it is. But I didn't think that when I was watching it. I got no, to no. say. Yeah, 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 that's the best kind of thing, I suppose. But, you know, if you're going to watch a film called The, Invis- the Invisible Man, you want a fair degree of people being thrown by nothing. Yes. And, you know, uh, I liked I liked all that. I mean, Elizabeth Moss has got one of those faces anyway, like not to sully the poor woman, but uh, she's kind of the face of prestige TV drama because she just kind of, she looks like a person, you know? She doesn't look like a yeah. film star. Yeah. She's not, she's not unattractive. She's not ugly, but she just, she looks real. Yes. Know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really liked it. I would recommend it, but not as a horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch it as a horror that's, film. Yeah. That's fair enough. Uh, yeah. I would also recommend it. I, it. It sounds like you liked it more than I did, Sam. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I liked it. You know, I'm not, yes. I'm not like put out by how much you like it or anything. Mm-hmm. We just clearly, you just clearly like it a bit more than I do. Yes. But yeah, go watch The Invisible Man. Fair. It's all right. Yes. Do that. Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about Doctor Who? There's, there's a, like such a sigh in your voice. I do love it. It's just like, oh, okay. We're not talking about one. anything else, are we? I don't think so. I mean, you can talk about. Are we? I'll say you can talk about my um, dissension into TikTok. I don't know. I don't really know what that is. So yeah, sure. <laughs> um, let's let's do that. I was Go like, ahead. No, wait. I, it's it's hard if you don't know what TikTok is. But do, <laughs> I know I think it's, most I, people know what. TikTok saying, yeah, yeah. Is, but if if you know what Vine is, I do know what Vine is. Okay, so TikTok kind of is like the new thing. Yeah, it's sort of filling the void that Vine used to fill. But yeah, people they do like short clips and stuff like that, and then they put them up like they did on Vine. Right. And basically, through sheer like not really knowing what to do with my time. I was playing games on my phone and the ad kept coming up and I was like, I just fuck it, let's just see what people actually put on this shit. <laughs> right. And I found like three clips that made me laugh, but other than that, it was okay. fairly troth. I was I've like, got like a force field against that sort of thing. Cause yeah, I see it all the time on my phone on adverts and things like that. But it's just a word to me. I, I've never had an impulse to, to dig into it. <laughs> yeah, I do not recommend. Well, Advertising really doesn't work on me. It never permeates, ever. I could see it a thousand times and I won't want to buy your product. But yeah, I mean, it, it just looks repulsive, doesn't it? As uh, most of these things do. Yeah. Well, I think I think TikTok is populated almost exclusively by Gen Zers. Right. 14, 15 year old Americans. Yes. Yeah. People generating the content are all Sounds like, horrific. younger than us. Yeah. And the, but yes. these are the people that are, will now be, they're all like a bunch of them live in a house in America together and they just make TikToks together. Um, <laughs> yeah. They all seem to inexplicably live in like large houses that have like pools and. Aren't we all, they all in, Los, to have in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. Aren't we yeah. all making TikToks together, lads? <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> we're, we're all running out that clock, George. Oh right, I see. <laughs> Where's the going with this? Do you hear about this? Uh, this is a whole realm of YouTube I'm unfamiliar with because obviously I don't have kids. But there's this kid that just unwraps presents. Yep. What? <laughs> what? What's that about? I mean, I, I know YouTube, but what? He's like a multi-millionaire kid that just unwraps presents, and children like to watch him. 
okay, fuck. Yeah. What, we're doing this wrong, boys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How are we not yeah. making millions when there's a kid out there unwrapping I know of him. Stuff? I don't know much <laughs> about his content. Is the idea that he doesn't know what's in the presence? Or does he know what's in the presence? And it's just, well, is it like a mukbang where like the sheer experience is what kids like about it? Well, I was listening to another podcast. So this is kind of topic hoarding, but they were talking about, um, <laughs> it's gotten to the point because he's sort of a celebrity now and he has toys of him. There are toys <laughs> of him. He has his own toy line. And now okay. he unwraps his own toys of himself. <laughs> Fucking hell. Which is just something, it's like the most 21st century tableau of just yeah. kind of onanistic indulgence, <laughs> isn't oh, it? Nah. We are, we are, how, how are we not making the money and people like that are? Well, just think about it this way, right? If, if that kid's unwrapping a toy of himself, do you think it's feasible that we all exist within a matrix and we are just being kind of unwrapped? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> we're, we're just um, we're like the third stage of a Russian doll. We're not even like we're not even the big we're not even the big doll, you know. No, but we're, we're um what was it the postmodern? We're the postmodern stage of the universe, right? What? Remember we were having a conversation we had an argument like ages ago. You aren't aware of this, Eddie. Okay. You said to me, Sam, that you said like you can't the thing that sort of really gets you is that the universe oh, created beings That's the thing that like a three o'clock fucks me up a bit. Yeah. The idea that this completely inexplicable, impossible cosmic well, existence. The fact that existence happened and if you just look at it in terms of just throwing things into a petri, just random thing, collisions of energies and fusions and stars and rocks and nothing. Yeah. And that process generated a species that was able to understand that, that is part of nature and separate from it, fucks me right up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, you, you say it. we're the third doll in the Russian doll. Yeah. I say we're the postmodern stage of the universe. Because postmodernism is, postmodernism is all about self, self-referentialism yeah, and sort yeah, of being yeah. aware of like meta storytelling and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, humanity is the postmodern stage of the universe. Okay. Is the universe postmodern or is just the earth? Like how is the how people? is the universe postmodern? No, you still, you now, said Sam. it. You said it. We live in a postmodern universe. No, we're postmodern. We're the postmodern we are the postmodernists of the universe. The universe just is. The universe is right. the construct. We're the postmodern we're the postmodern element of that. People are in a post no, how on? So the universe Oh, is, humanity is a postmodern construct of the universe. Yeah, we're like... So the universe is the I get film you. I get or the you. piece of media that we're in. And we're because, the postmodern because element we, of that. Because we understand it and we... Yeah. we okay. Because we can comprehend the form. We are postmodern. Humanity is inst- intrinsically postmodern. Yes. I get you. Okay. Yeah. So humanity wasn't always postmodern because no, it no. didn't always understand... Okay, all right. So humanity has become postmodern. Yes. I okay. love it when you do this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh mate, you should see some of the conversations we've had recently. Oh, I, just head banging. Next time, just whack a mic on and record them. <laughs> give it, give it to the we people. Genuinely thought about the that, people yeah. love it. What have we talked about recently? What conversation are you alluding to? I was trying to explain how uh, we all never know why there's something rather than nothing. Oh, was this the conversation that led to you saying like I can't un- understand how? Yes, I think so. Something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you were you were saying that there's always going to be knowledge that we don't have. There, there's always going to be a boundary to. Even if you know everything, you're still not going to know why there's anything. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was trying to be optimistic and being like, no, but we could learn about that. <laughs> and you were like, yes, but then there'll be like, then the boundary will move. The bo- yeah, yeah. For some Infinite. reason, we weren't like understanding each other. So we just yeah. had this like massive argument. I was basically like saying, it got to the point where I was like, George, 
if I can say one thing is true in the universe, if I could stake my life on one thing being true, is that we can never know why slash how there's something rather than nothing. He's like, but maybe in 10 years we'll have better technology. (laughs) I I just thought you were being a pessimist. such crossed channels. It's brilliant. (laughs) Okay. Let's move off of that then. Yeah. Okay. So was there anything specifically you wanted to say about TikTok, Eddie? No, no, no. Just to highlight that that's where my life's got to. Um, (laughs) Do you recommend it? God, no. No. Absolutely not. You're on about this kid who opens presents for a living. Like there are people who are TikTokers. That's their occupation. Aren't we all TikTokers though? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there are people who go to like conventions and stuff and they're a TikToker. Like like people go to see My my father's pulled up with meats. Bear with me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For the sake of the audience, Sam is now very, very slowly... (laughs) Standing up, he's just waving. He's just literally just waved a crutch at us on Skype. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, that is a that is a slow hobble. Yeah, with oh, his sciatica, yeah. he might be gone a while. I, I mean, I, at this point, the turtles, the tortoise is winning that race. <laughs> it's beating him. You could. Keep- so what have you gone? Yeah, sorry. No, I was going to ask what else you've been up to because, like, if we talk now, like the very back when this was unscripted, yes, like the very, very early days of this when we were a completely different podcast. The very first episode, I wasn't on it. No, and then the last episode, you weren't on it. Yes. So if we do this little mini podcast now without Sam, then we're all on equal footing. We've all not <laughs> been present for a podcast. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Eddie? Other than TikTok? I mean, I completed uh, Modern Warfare Four, uh, well, Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare in the last couple of days while I've been off. All right, first time? Uh, no, no, no. But, like, I, I could have easily done it in the first day and I made it last three days. Right, so okay. yeah, I was like, I've got to, got to eke, eke it out because the game I'll end up playing the most will be Fallout 3. Right. So I'm kind of leaving that to the end. Yes, I can't remember what podcast it was on, but you alluded to, you said, like, you mentioned that you had a favourite game and the yeah. conversation just sort of naturally moved on. Yes. But Fallout 3 is your favourite game. Yes, right? it is, yes. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of the one I'm leaving to the end. So I'm going to work through, I've done Modern Warfare 1, then I'm going to do 2 and 3. Then I've got LA Noir, and I'm going to go and do that. Okay. Um, and then I've got Batman Arkham City. Um, so I'm going to do them oh, and then leave Fallout 3 to the end. I think that's the best one, personally, Arkham City. That's the second one, right? I did, Yeah, I can't remember. I, th- yeah, I think no, so. that's but, definitely the best one. But yeah, so that that's kind of that's kind of the plan while the pub is shut. And then we'll just sort of see how it goes. Um, so multiple okay. spanners in the works. My mother's home. What? <laughs> uh, it's in the third uh, draw in the plastic. This is all staying right. in, Sam. Yeah. It's all staying in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Shall we, shall we talk about Doctor Who then? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, it was, I was saying to you guys before... It was halfway during this series that the mammoth titanic task that I had ahead of me became very clear. Mm, like, right. Oh yeah, this isn't just a few series. This is 12 cable length series of this. <laughs> but yeah, series two. Series two of Doctor Who. I've watched series two of Doctor Who. What do you think of series two of Doctor Who? It's not as good as the first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know whether it's my mood. I mean, like I have got a sciatica. I don't know whether my mood is different, but I'm just a lot less uh, generous. I don't know. A a lot less wanting to watch it. It hasn't like, it's not all of a sudden like bad or all of a sudden terrible. 
it's just becoming more of a job for right. me. Right, okay. Yes, I don't like Tarrant as much as I like Eccleston. Okay. I don't think he's bad, though. I think he's he's pretty good. He, he's definitely pitching it to a younger crowd, I think. Yeah. Kind of broader, a bit more silly. I think episode to episode, for me, the quality was lower. Again, I have no idea what the consensus is here. I don't know. I don't... I've never heard Series 2 mentioned as, like, pinnacle Doctor Who. Okay. But as I've said before, I think the, like, Series 1 is considered, like, the underrated season. Like, people yes. never really talk about Series 1, but when they do, they all, they're always like, oh, yeah, that was actually a really good season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the opinion of Series 2 is. I know that for me personally, you know, like, when you, when you sort of... There are certain things that just trigger nostalgia within you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that nostalgia usually takes the form of, like an image or a sound or a smell or something A memory like that. thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, for me, the combination of David Tennant and Billy Piper, yeah. that is nostalgia for me. Okay. Even though Tennant isn't my favourite Doctor and Rose isn't my favourite companion, and even though there are some okay episodes, there are some decent episodes in this series, this isn't my favourite series. Mm-hmm. Just the combination of the two, I see that and I go, ah, that is Doctor Who, the yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that dominated my childhood. Yeah, know? no, I get that. Uh, I think that's the case for a lot of people. A lot of people would connect it back to Tarrant and um, Piper. Yes. When I, without having seen it, I always thought of Eccleston. Okay. I don't know why, but him in like the, it's, I guess the DVD cover for the first season, mm. him in like the leather jacket with Billy Piper next to him. That's mm. what I think of when I think of Doctor Who. I see. Yeah. So again, I have zero, absolutely zero nostalgic connection to the show. And I am judging it on an episode to episode basis. I know Torchwood is kind of the the running motif of Series 2. Yes. But episode to episode, I found it substantially weaker than Series 1. Okay. Mm-hmm. My favourite and least favourite episodes... Uh, I don't really have a least favourite, but my favourite episodes will probably surprise you. Go on. My guess is that the most acclaimed episodes of Series 2... The Girl in the Fireplace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise of the Cybermen, maybe? I think so, yeah. Okay. My favourite is The Idiot Lantern. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's okay. my favourite episode of the do you series. Want to, do you want to explain yourself then? Which I don't one, know. So which one's The Idiot Lantern? I have just... That's the um, Miss, Mr. Magpie's electronics where the TV is sucking people's faces out. Oh, The Wire. Oh, no, yeah, that, that's wire. fair enough. Yeah. That's fair Mark Gatiss wrote it. Mm. Yes. And I really liked his first series episode as well. So maybe I like Mark Gatiss. Okay. I tend to prefer, even though Doctor Who, you know... Its scope is infinite, and so he can go trillions of years in the future, theoretically. Yes. Um, I'm sure he does. It does, whatever the fuck he's supposed to say now. They do. <laughs> yeah. It's like Sam Smith in it. We'll get to Sam Smith, actually. No, actually, it's <laughs> quickly slotted in here. You've seen the fucking Sam Smith shit. Yeah. It's, it's just the thing of him crying in his mansion. <laughs> yeah, taking pictures of himself crying. Yeah. And then... Uh, Have you seen yeah. the responses to it, though? Oh, I know people aren't happy. But, uh, yeah, so the best response of that was... Uh, someone pointing out that he was crying about being stuck in his mansion for like a couple of days and there they, was... they, oh, I they I don't give a they, fine fuck they. Sam I don't give a fine fuck <laughs> fuck it he uh, crying yeah. in his fucking mansion like a little bitch and then they comp- sat there going and Frank survived two years in a cupboard <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know Again, perspective it's all, like, it's all, it is all a matter of perspective and you know Usually, I'm not one to say... Like, if someone's, you know, depressed or miserable, I don't really believe in going, oh, but there's someone out there who has it worse because that doesn't help anything. And, you know, everyone has their own problems they deal with. But in this particular case, it does feel like, mate, you're just being asked to stay in your house. I know you you might be going a bit stir-crazy and it's difficult and it's, you know, 
it's anxiety flaring and it's uncertain. I get that, but just get a grip. Yeah. Thing. Get say get a grip, man. I guess it's get a grip thing. <laughs> they need to get um, a grip. No, that sounds that sounds that sounds low key filthy. That does low key. Fi- oh, go get, get a grip. Go get thing. the grip thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to spice things up in the bedroom. Go get the grip thing. <laughs> but it, it does feel like um, I've seen a few like veterans uh, kind of making videos going. I served my country by going to Normandy. Can you just stay in and watch tally? <laughs> have you seen it's the um, so st- yeah. the Piers Morgan rant? Yeah, I'm with Piers. I mean, I, you know, he and I have a fraught uh, relationship, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm through the whole coronavirus thing. I'm with him. I gotta say, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people as well. If, in fairness to them, I've seen a lot of people who would typically shun anything that Piers Morgan has to say. Mm. I've seen them going, you know what? In this instance, he's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Basically, if people haven't seen it, I'd, what show does he do? It's not this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Britain. Yeah. Good, Good morning, morning, Britain. Yeah. yeah. On Good Morning Britain, basically. The UK were told to sort of limit social, like going out and social interactions and all that sort of stuff. A lot of non-essential businesses were closing down. And as a result, a lot of people were going to like beaches and parks and mountain ranges and stuff like that. Just like treating it as though they were on holiday or they had time off work. And the following day, Piers Morgan came on the TV and basically said, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Basically uh, echoing what you kind of said is that, you know, men and women were asked to go and serve their country and die for their country. You're you're being asked to stay in and watch the TV and you can't even do that. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. It is. And then I think a day or two after that, that's when Boris Johnson announced, okay, we're locking down the country now. It was that. Because, you know, (sighs) we're talking about it. Yeah, well, it's... Okay, I tell you what, right? It's it's going to happen. semi-break, I know that. We will never talk about, like, how bad it is. We won't talk about how many people have it, how many people are dying. Yeah, we're never going to be like, okay, for this section, we're now going to talk about the coronavirus. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moments like this where it sort of naturally slips into the conversation, I don't think they can be helped. No, yes. But I think that's why it happened, right? It's because they they were trying to hold off for ages. Yeah. I think there's a financial motive as well, but, like, we we don't want to have to command people to stay home. Yeah. We'll trust them. Well, that fucking failed their trust was misplaced yeah. because yeah what do you think that is is it you, you can't be ignorant of it because life is coronavirus at the moment you have to know what's going on about the you know. day before the lockdown i was out just out in the world and i was in a shop somewhere and i overheard like uh, someone at the counter speaking to the guy behind the counter mm. and the guy the customer basically just kind of went it's just a bad flu in it i don't know what all the fuss is about right it's the cold basically and in fairness to the guy behind the counter, he lost his shit with him. Oh, did he? Like, genuinely. Okay. He was like, well, it's not a cold, mate, is it? People are fucking dying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like in the shop full of people, he was going, you're wrong. So good on him, I suppose. But yeah, yeah I think yeah. there are genuine instances of people who are just ignorant to it mm. or people who just think, oh, it's not that bad. I think, I think, deni- yeah, denial. That's what yeah, I think. I think it's denial. I think there are people who genuinely think, um, oh, it's not, I'm not going to get it. And even if I get it, I can survive it. Yeah. When it's never been about that. It's been about yeah. e- look, flattening the curve is the, is the mm-hmm. buzzword at the moment, isn't mm-hmm. it? The buzz phrase. Mm. Sort of making it easier on the health service. But yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of people were just like, you know, either just not thinking properly or just they're in straight up denial about I it. I think, yeah, denial, I think. I, yeah, I think it's, yeah. um, we were talking about this before recording as well, but like in, in two or three years time, we're going to get, 50 coronavirus films yeah, uh, yeah. and that's going to be very annoying and and but understandable and a lot of media is going to be infected yeah can i say no pun intended twice <laughs> i can in fact no pun in, but it obviously was intended the second time yes um <laughs> it's going to be infected with this stuff even if only vaguely yeah but it's it is interesting to see some of the things some of the phenomena that uh is springing up in the wake of it everyone has a take 
on oh it's it was it's man made think about it yeah it, it's been you know there's that obviously but like in terms of who's to blame that shifts china did it america did it israel yeah all that then there's people say using it to say oh look we've resorted to socialist measures this is clearly a sign that capitalism was always intrinsically <laughs> inferior yeah there's that uh there's people saying oh this is clearly this is planet earth it's revenge for us eating meat and for you know pumping paper like greenhouse gases into the environment constantly i could understand that but eating meat yeah well because obviously that's how this started isn't it guy ate a bat oh i see okay all right i see the the flawed logic the the vegans have got to have their uprising you know that it's just everyone using it for their own ends it's just really fun the amount of people who are going yeah it's not that bad it's we get coronavirus actually we've had loads of times and well, we've had strains of it loads of times. It's like saying, yeah. oh, it's, we've had the cold before. Yeah, but every time you get it, it's different. Otherwise, you'd never fucking get it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I miss when people were posting Bane memes and saying, look, Bane was oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's th- like genuinely impo- like borderline impossible to go through your newsfeed and see anything but coronavirus. Yes, yeah. which is legitimately one of the reasons we, we like were trying I yes. say we have, we, we've declared it. We declared it, but we're still doing it. Yeah. But yeah. we're genuinely trying not to talk about it. Because as interesting as it's going to be, like next year or the year after or whenever this thing is finally like done, to sort of listen back to podcasts and media and like stuff at the time and be like, oh shit, we genuinely were living in a world in which, you know, half the world was on lockdown and people couldn't go to school and all of these places were shut. But we're living it right now. Yeah, it's just exhausting to hear about. Yeah, it. the one exhausting to hear genuinely about. Genuinely exhausting. But I mean, this is what twenty-four hour news was invented for, right? Yeah. And it's like yeah. Social media now, it's it is endless, you know. And yeah, nothing like that. Obviously, nothing of this scale has happened really ever. Period, or nothing yeah. comparable. But in the age of social media as well, yeah. I want like imagine nine eleven. If social media had been a thing then, you know. Yeah. But nine eleven sort of gave birth to twenty-four hour news, and now we are seeing. Oh, okay. It exists for for exactly this sort of story. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult for me to fully appreciate because I, you know, I don't really leave the house, um, <laughs> and so for me, nothing really looks that much different. Yeah. But I, I am. All, I'm trying to appreciate this thing as it's happening. Mm. I don't want to look back. Not that it's an opportunity, but just as like a cognitive uh, construct. I want to exist within it as this is happening. I'm not looking back and go, oh, mate, you were part of this, like, massive fucking global yeah. thing. Yeah. And you didn't even realize it. You know, I'm trying to realize yeah. it as it's the unfolding. The thing that will interest me is how, even in just, like, a couple of years, we will look back on it. Like, yeah. how it will be remembered in the history books. Because it will get in the history books. So how it will be remembered. I don't know. I, whether, I, whether it'll be taught in schools or not is one thing. But the but it will be, like, like this is going to go up there with, like, 9-11 as, like, you know notable worldwide events yeah you know? it's see the thing it's on that uh, i mean it's bigger than 9-11 you know, the oh yeah, yeah it's, it's even bigger. bigger than that yeah it's less um cinematic and i i, I don't mean to be glib or cynical when i say that but like you know a, a big part of why 9-11 is was as big as it is is because it's a movie you know yeah this is a movie but it's it's a less stagey one it's a less visible one you mm. know Trump um, is trying his best, though, isn't he? Did yeah, you see that statement where he said, um, I'm a wartime president against this invisible killer or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, mate. It's just because it's he keeps calling the Chinese virus a fucking loving. <laughs> well, is, this, is, this is winding me up, right? Like, obviously, it's called coronavirus COVID-19. It's okay to refer to it as the Chinese virus. It is the Chinese virus. 
It came from fucking China. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not to say that like Chinese people are to blame. Yeah. Say that it, it just originated well, there. It's like some we of them are. are. What? Some of them are. Well, the Chinese government if, is if, to blame. If it came from China, then by virtue of it coming from China, some Chinese people are to blame. Yes, of course. But in the sense Not of, all of them, obviously. Yeah. We're not being what? racist, but all that. No, no, no. The government is the government is to blame. The Chinese, the people of the Chinese government are to blame yeah. for becoming a global pandemic because they're it's an evil totalitarian state and they've repressed you know data. But I've got a sneaking suspicion it's not going to be remembered as much as we think it should be. Fair. Okay. Okay. Not. I'm not saying it won't become a, an historic event. Yeah. It depends how bad it gets, mm. and it's definitely you know a milestone on the continuum of human history. But I think in the age of social media, even though it's everything at the minute, because everything moves on like that, I think that as soon as it's over, back to business as usual. Mm. And people are going to remember, oh yeah, remember a few years ago, there was that weird fucking thing where we had to stay at home for a few weeks. But it's not going to be, man, we lived through like this major event no. in history. I don't know, maybe, maybe it is because our involvement in it is, is so passive. Yeah, there's that too. Like, yeah. I, like it's not like the war where you know we've been drafted. It's all we've been sent to, like you know, yeah. country houses in the middle of nowhere. And it's not like nine eleven where you know people were like t- taken out of house and home and they lost it, like all this kind of stuff. Mm. This global pandemic is happening, and our involvement in it is literally, oh, we just have to stay home. Don't yes. go to work. Don't go out. We don't do whatever. To, no, we have to sit on the sofa, watch some TV, and fucking accept <laughs> it. <laughs> but that's part of the problem, isn't it? Like in terms of it being everywhere because it's every because it's on social media and because it's on the news and because it's like we can't escape it because we can't leave the house yeah so the people who are saying like oh well then don't watch the news it's like well what else are you supposed to do i can't go anywhere yeah i can't do anything you're i'm literally stuck in this environment where it's constantly being thrown at you yeah you can't you you can't let yourself because it is everywhere 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 yeah as it should be you know perhaps yes but i i just think you know pre-social media everything would have been literally and necessarily less. <laughs> you know, everything would have been it's on the news every night. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that our, is that our COVID-19 <laughs> that, portion? That's the, that, that's the update you get in and that's, that's, that, that's going to be going in the timestamps now, isn't it? Oh, no, there was one more detail. Okay. Uh, one of the, like, considering the, the net losses and benefits of it, uh, STDs, what do you think about those? Do you, do you think they'll go down or do you think what's, they'll go what's up? Your, do you recommend STDs? What's your opinion on STDs? Um, never had one. Yeah, I'm not going to knock it until I've tried but, it. You know, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I have been to the clinic, but it's quite fun just because... I, I don't know if I've ever told you this. No, no, I don't know if I've ever told either of you. I feel like I might have told you, Sam. Okay. Um, but I went to the clinic on one occasion and there was someone I knew also in the queue. Right. Yeah, have I told you about that? I won't name the name. Yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was in the queue waiting to go, you know, piss in a cup. Um, and there was someone in the queue and I hadn't seen them in quite a while. And they were just like, oh, hey. And I was like, yeah, this is not the time to be quite friendly, to be honest. <laughs> we're both waiting to double check. We don't have the fucking clap. It wasn't the person that you, you know. Did no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. That would have been funny. I, w- I, I would have laughed. That would, well, well, madam, you've saved me a very awkward phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine going to a, an STD clinic. I, I just, it would be so humiliating. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm slagging you off now. But I, I don't know. I would just feel so uncomfortable. Hey, at least like, I know, oh, what, at least I know I'm clean. At least I know I'm clean, sir. Yeah. Well, surely it's bolstering him. If you couldn't imagine doing it, but Eddie went and, to do, went and did it. And surely Eddie is the better man here. Not, not that I can't imagine it, that I wouldn't have, that I wouldn't be courageous enough to do it. 
I would just feel sit there in shame. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. okay. was that the experience you had going there, or is it like matter of fact? I mean, I've been, in, I've been, I've been, en- I've been enough times now. You've been enough times. Yeah, I've been enough How times, times now. Jeez, what are you doing when you're not on this podcast, Eddie? Um, not that anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 any time anything's been vaguely casual, I've gone and got myself checked. Generally speaking, <laughs> vaguely casual. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, right. no, no. To be fair, that's that's actually strictly not true because when. I was in a relationship. I also went and got myself checked. Right. Uh, <laughs> At what point does this become too personal? <laughs> I'm like, I understand you need you need an element of I like don't... your life thrown into the conversations to kind of like as kind of like the USP of oh, listen to this podcast because so that you can hear like these personalities. But you're literally just being like, oh, I yeah, but I, I don't care. That's the thing, Jordan. I'm ve- I'm very open. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I'm just wondering, like, from an audience perspective, at what point is it literally just? I'm just listening to a guy talking about like <laughs> going to the doctors and. But I mean, you do. I wouldn't want to listen to a podcast where people were being particularly reserved about themselves. No, no I know. I, yeah. No, I'm not saying that you were going too far, Eddie. Not at all. It just kind of popped into my head of like, at what point? Does it become like uh, like uninteresting for an audience, or or sort of like uncomfortable? I mean, I, I, I've I've told member. the audience that I've had a finger up my ass, so <laughs> you have done that. Yes. <laughs> but so that's funny well, though. Uncomfortable. I mean, the, the people who are listening to us are in their twenties. They're not going to be put. Oh, oh 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 no! He went to an STD clinic. <laughs> oh dear me. I don't know if that's what happens to this good Christian podcast that I was listening to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the podcast which did an episode on pornography three episodes in. <laughs> I might genuinely upload that episode on Pornhub just to see if we get any traffic. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, we probably would. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to fit the audio to the background of someone whole, doing it. Like, I, don't know if, I don't know if I refer to it in that episode, but there's a whole, like, subsect of Pornhub which just has non-pornographic po- uh, content. Of, co- of right. course you know this. And it gets a decent amount of traffic, I think. <laughs> you know too much about porn. But, well, if, you're putting, if you're putting on Pornhub, could you lace in, like, faintly in the background that it's almost, not subconscious, what's the word? Subliminal. Uh, just the sound of you panting. Just so it does tick, <laughs> it does tick the box, you know? What would be um, the title? Because um, you have to come up with, like, a, you know, hot blonde gets blah, blah, blah. Like, that kind of, like, what would we do for that podcast three dudes jacking it to uh Pornhub. or we're the, not jacking the, it our, our existing description three adult males audibly indulge <laughs> yeah 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 okay so we return to doctor who sure okay <laughs> pornography doctor who <laughs> uh the idiot lantern yes it was my favorite episode yeah um, go on, tell us about it uh yeah yes so i think i said uh, even though the scope allows him to go to the you know impossible future I prefer the historic episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think Mark Gatiss has a good feel for that sort of stuff, a good ear for kind of archaic dialogue. And it's not like archaic in, in the same way that the Dickens episode is. Mm. But I quite like World War II stuff. You know, I'm a big fan of the Holocaust. <laughs> can, we, can we just t- no, title I- this episode, I'm a big fan of the Holocaust? <laughs> We've had like three Jewish... Yeah, maybe give the Jewish Nazi stuff a related. break for a minute, yeah. for a little bit. Nah. If only the Nazis had thought that way. Um, <laughs> Skip the weekend off. Yeah. Maybe that should be the title. If only the Nazis yeah. had thought of it that way. It's like, yeah, gas are Jews. It's, it's their Sabbath. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe not today. Uh... I don't know what's better, gassing Jews, like not gassing Jews on the Sabbath, or only gassing them on the Sabbath. Because uh, if you're well, only gassing them on the Sabbath, you're gassing Jews for a less period of time. But it's more insulting because it's like their day of worship. 
I so think you're like doubly insulting them by gassing them. <laughs> I think they might take net fewer deaths than the passive aggressive <laughs> religious insult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's I like, agree. yes, so we killed Jews Monday. Yes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Whoa. <laughs> Roll. Stop. You're stop, going too stop far. Stop, stop now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Doctor Who. The idiot lantern. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a simple, like, old-fashioned sci-fi story. It's World War II, and that's, you know, this voice is broadcasting, and it's drawing people in, and... Yeah, I don't know. I quite I liked that one. It was neat. It's interesting that you bring. Are you done uh, summarizing the episode? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting that you brought that one up because there's something I wanted to ask you. In that episode, the doctor goes into a household that is led by what is clearly an abusive father. Right. That's the idea, right? If I'm uh, I don't think he's abusive. Is, is he abusive? He's, con- he's, he's controlling and he's, he's old, controlling yeah. old timey. I don't think he's physically abusive, but he's yeah, he's, he's like, an old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, like the wife Archaic goes in the mouth. kitchen and makes the tea, and she's not, yeah. you know, she yeah. has to, she has to do what she's told and all that kind of stuff. Yes, and there's a bit of that with the children as well. And obviously, as the episode goes on, the wife sort of finds the courage to kick him out of the house. Yeah, and he's sort of leaving the house. And the child of the family is sort of talking to the Doctor and Rose and he's watching him leave. And the child is like, oh, good riddance to him. And the Doctor and Rose basically go, you know, you should probably go with him. Like, he's your father. You know, you should sort of take this as an opportunity to help him become a better person. Yeah. Which I think is really nice. I think that's a really nice um, way to end off that story. Right. Because especially in modern Doctor Who, I feel like that would have ended with him being kicked out of the house and the doctor and the companions would have gone, oh, good riddance, he's a terrible person, he's irredeemable. Yes. Yeah, and then someone in the background holding up a flag that just has women on it, yay. Yeah, exactly. But I think because of modern politics, I think I've seen a couple of people say that that's actually a terrible ending to The Idiot's Lantern because the doctor and Rose are knowingly letting this boy go back to an abusive father. And so it's irresponsible on the Rose and Doctor's part. Right. What do you say to that? Fuck him. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, okay. fuck, we'll, we'll fuck ignore what Eddie has to say. What okay. do you have to say? Unless I, unless I missed something, he's just a, he's an old-fashioned kind of alpha male rule ruler of the roost dick, right? Yes. yes. He's not. He's certainly not physically abusive. I, no, I suppose but it he's, depends. Yeah, yeah. It depends yeah. on your framework of abuse. Is he? He's not like psychologically abusive, even is he? Well, he's not. Like, like I said, he's not pleasant to the wife. He's no. you know, like, oh, listen to what, listen to what I'm telling you, dear. Yeah, do yeah. what you're told. He's just go he's make a, the sandwiches, all that stuff. Yeah, he's an old-fashioned male chauvinist. You know, he's he's yeah. a prick and he's aggressive as well. He seems to have a bit of a temper to him, from what I remember. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Of course, of course, there's nothing wrong with. I mean, he's still the. I'm not saying he's the father, and therefore he has rights. To, I'm just saying that a complexity of the world is you don't get to pick your parents. And so, yeah, sure, yeah, it's better that the kid attempt to, if the kid can forge a healthy relationship with the father, why not? Mm. Yeah. We've all got to reconcile where we came from. Yes. Yeah. That's stupid. That That is just, uh, you know, that's retrospective politicking. Yeah, I mean, I, in, I, I, like, I, I, like we mentioned maybe in the last one of the podcast before, in the same way that if you go back long enough, every film is a right-wing oppressive, yes. you know. yeah. I know what you, yeah, I remember you saying yeah. that. Yeah, I, obviously I was a child when the episode first came out, so I don't know if it was a criticism of the episode at the time. I don't imagine it was. No. Because mm. the BBC wouldn't have done it, I don't think, if it was like a, if that was a genuine critique. Or if they feared no. that would be a genuine critique. Yeah. Well, but back in 2006, forgiveness was still a, a concept that existed. Yes. It, ju- it just doesn't anymore. No, so. no, it doesn't. Yeah, that that's my favourite episode of the series. Okay. Am I correct in assuming that 
the girl in the fireplace is very highly acclaimed absolutely yeah it is okay. the one that i think was nominated for the award that year okay yeah it was um, the fir- also the girl in the fireplace it was the first episode of doctor who to scare me when i was a child the thing i was the legitimately bed. scared of those clockwork droids when i was okay younger. it is yeah. i get i understand I, I watched it sort of thinking i know that would have kind of freaked me out a bit if i was a kid yeah uh, as, uh, that hasn't happened with a monster yet no, like, Stephen like, Moffat does that. He's very good at like conceptual villains, like the well, he did, He's mummy, isn't he? Are yeah. you my mummy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Are you my mummy? Yeah, exactly. That, generally, I didn't expect that. Then that's kind of freaked me out a bit. When you <laughs> but like that, finally, because in the last episode, Eddie, it said that it didn't scare him, and you managed to scare him. With it. <laughs> yes, because I genuinely, I don't know. There's something about the audio of that. Maybe you went closer to the mic. I did. It was so it, okay. It was so crisp. And and different <laughs> that I thought I was hearing that from somewhere else. Um, so that's right. why that freaked me out. But no, yeah, watching that, I didn't think if I was a kid this would scare me. Whereas I did with the clockwork yeah. droids. Uh, when he kind of emerges from under the bed, you know, it kind of jumps out from under the bed. Yeah. Yes, um, and just the idea of like the clock being smashed, but they're still ticking in the room. Yeah, like, I, I like idea. that. A nice uncanny idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is my favorite episode of that series, and one of my favorite of the whole new series. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, it's not my favorite of the series. I think that honor will always go to doomsday okay but i I could be thinking of that purely as a fan of the show so the fact that the cybermen and the daleks are occupying the same space yeah that could just be what's carrying it for me okay so doomsday is the finale yes yeah didn't didn't like that much okay (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i didn't dislike it i just think the cybermen are shit villains oh oh, i think the shit i think the rubbish is that your hot take i I don't know it's my hot take i the daleks I mean, they're, they're both iconic, but the Daleks are obviously, they've got that thing. They're yeah. angry and they want to, you know, take over the world, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the Cybermen really offer. Well, these Cybermen are almost a complete reinvention. I mean, they're like, their design is um, reminiscent of the older yeah, yeah. Cybermen, but the, orig- the original Cybermen were aliens. Am I right in saying that, Eddie? Yeah, they were from, they would get, when you get to a later series, you'll, you'll see the introduction of Mondazian Cybermen. And Mondazian Cybermen were like the first ones to come around. They were from the planet Mondas. Yes. So the Cybermen were sort of aliens that started replacing themselves with mechanical parts. Right. And then because they saw it as like a genuine upgrade, they continued to do that. And they sort of took it upon themselves to quote unquote upgrade all compatible life forms. Right. Okay. So the, what are they call Cybers Industries Cybermen. They're similar in that it's coming from the same place. Yeah. But they're, the fact that they're from Earth and they're kind of of human design, that's completely new. Yeah. You know? I, I just don't know what they offer, really. I mean, the whole, like, assimilation and all that. We've already got a mechanical massive force. I don't really know what they bring to the table. What do you mean by that? What mechanical force? Well, Daleks. Like a robotic style. Yeah, uh, no. I know they're not robots, but you know what I mean. Like, well, that, I think, no, well, they tap into. I think they tap into a different anxiety, don't they? Because the Daleks are a Nazi facsimile. You say that. Are, you say that, George. Right, but the kids aren't going to get that. No, they kids thought, aren't going to yeah. get that. But that is legitimately where they where they come from. Like, I think Terry Nation. I'm pretty sure he's said as much, and he's the guy okay. who created the Daleks. Okay. But it's but, definitely something that sort of existed in pop culture. Is oh, look, the Daleks and Nazis. Right. What a Cyberman then. I think it taps in, obviously it's um, technology, sort of the right. the fact that technology is um, becoming more abundant and it's sort of overtaking our lives and everything. Right. I also think there's the the loss of identity as well. I think it's similar in, it's, it's kind of similar to zombies in that it's sort of like a, oh, we're all just becoming like one of the herd, you know? Okay. We've, we've lost all our individuality and we're all just becoming... 
I don't know the, on a, what a cookie cutter version of. I don't really is. know what level to think about it. On which level to think about it because all that sounds right, but the, its audience won't understand any of that. But that's the thing because you're still go, working on the assumption that this is purely a children's show. Mainly, yeah. Which yes, if it's purely a children's show, mm-hmm. then yeah, there's kind of it's not that there's no place for. Uh, yeah, analogies yeah. like that it's just the audience isn't going to understand it but it's but not whether it's a when it's a family show then there is a sect of your audience that's okay. going to understand yeah. that okay but hear me out so there's the stuff for kids yeah and then there's the stuff for the you know adults are going to get oh this it's a nazi kind of allegory or whatever yeah, yeah. and you say oh, it taps into anxiety about loss of identity and assimilation and uniformity and all that sort of stuff but they're called cybermen it's silly do you know what i mean if I want a good allegory, a good parable, I'm not going to Doctor Who for it. If I want an adult exploration of these ideas, I'll mm. watch something that's made for adults. Okay. For me, Cybermen are I, just robots. That, that, yeah, that's I, don't, I don't know if this is, like, when I say that, like, the Daleks and Nazis and the Cybermen are the fear of, like, losing your identity and becoming one of the herd, I think that's more just sort of, like, that's where those villains came from. That was part of what informed the makeup of those villains, as opposed to their active role within the series is exploring these ideas. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Dalek doesn't really touch on... You were saying that, like, one of the things you liked about that episode is it's an idea of, like, this killing machine, Mm. this creature that was bred for destruction, and it's a soldier, and it's lost its commanding... Yes. There are no more soldiers, there's no more war. There's no no guiding ethic. Yeah, there's no guiding ethic anymore. Like, that's not an exploration of Nazi ideology at all, isn't it? It it informs what the Dalek is, Mm. in the same way that I think assimilation informs what the Cybermen are, but not every Cyberman story is supposed to be about that. I don't know how you can say the uh, Cybermen come from from a place or come from an anxiety about loss of identity without exploring those areas. That is what it is, right? Maybe they did in Classic Who. I mean, I don't. I'm not the right person to ask about that. I don't know if mm-hmm. you are, Eddie. I don't know how familiar you are with Classic uh, Who. Only to an extent. I, I, it's the thing. So, I mean, you talk about viewing it from the point perspective of a kids' show. It was a family show when it was made. It is the yeah. thing that people used to gather around as a family to watch every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it would have catered to something for the kids, something for the adults. Mm-hmm. So whether uh, that happens to that, I don't remember the first time the Cybermen were introduced. Daleks were in it basically from the off. I'm sure it's like the second episode. The Daleks Yeah, were they in. were, yeah. I can't remember when the Cybermen got introduced. I don't know. I don't think William Hartnell ever encountered them, but I could be completely wrong. I, I think they were Patrick Trevor. Yeah, I don't think he did. I, I, yeah, it, I, certainly, I think they came around at a time that they were in, it's not just about like the fear of everything. Like They came around at a time when I think we were seeing advancements in technology and the upgrade, and I think that it taps into probably the fear of technology and taking over as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I don't know them well enough. Yeah. No, I mean, as I say, it, it, it probably wasn't the case of, oh, we want to directly explore these concepts. Let's like let's make villains that do that. It might just right. be like, okay, we need a new villain. What sort of yeah. thing can we tap into? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the same way that the Weeping Angels, which you're yet to encounter, mm-hmm. tap into the fear of like, oh, what if when we're not looking at statue, it moves? <laughs> you know? Is that is that a typical fear? Have you, you you telling me you've never had that as a child? Oh. You've like looked at the statue and like looked away and looked back to see if it moves? No, but I... I have when I, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do. Uh, you saying it that makes me think. God, oh, that probably is fairly universal. Mm. I think it is. Uh, yeah, yes. but no, I never, never did that. I was a smart kid. Um, <laughs> what are you implying, Sam? <laughs> I'm not implying anything. Read a book. 
Um, <laughs> I don't, it's just a personal thing, isn't it? Like, I, they, I just don't, I don't think they're very good villains. For me, anyway. Yeah, well, okay. I, I do think, so when I, yeah, when I talk about the girl in the fireplace, the thing with that is the clockwork villains are good villains, in my opinion. Yes, because they are, I agree, yeah. They are legitimately scary until you boil it down to take off the mask and actually it's just the mechanics it's like you know they're a lot less scary even then when though, they don't there's like because when oh yeah, yeah when you take off the mat there's like there's no face there's no humanity to them whatsoever yeah. you know the fact that they like dismembered members of the crew in order to use their body parts as like pieces of the ship just yeah. like there's no lot not logic what are they lacking that they would like without hesitation cut up a human being to use it as part of ship repairs compassion mm. empathy yeah i suppose they're, they're like purely pragmatic yeah they lack yeah, yeah. humanness mm. yeah humanity you know? they, yeah they lack humanity yeah because yeah. a human would never um, do that yes uh, they were they were pretty good i mean i think the thing that makes them scary is the the wigs yeah like when he pops out from under the bed and the wig does a little kind of thing all oh, right it's very like um sort of uncanny movements that that's that's what gets me in terms of horror a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I also like um, Sophia Miles in it. Yeah, she's pretty good. Uh, that episode, like I said, I, I understand why it would be considered amongst the best. Yeah. Might be my second favourite of the season. Okay. But I don't know. I, I have a suspicion that my favourite episodes of each season are going to be completely random. Yeah. Well, Dalek wasn't random. No. no. That's, yeah, and that Father's Day, enough. I don't think, is either. I think people probably okay. like Father's Day. Okay. The Idiot's Lantern is not an episode I hear talk about a lot. No. So that might be out of the blue. I'm not entirely okay. sure. I, I, I'm, I'm slightly surprised you chose that one. I would have thought that you would have found The Wire a bit cringe. Oh, it is. She's just but going it's like, all, it's oh, all I'm bit... hungry. And she's like, oh, yeah, feed. Angry. I need to feed. Yeah, yeah. But it's all cringe, isn't it? Okay. Feed it is. Me. It is all cringy. Well... If we're going to speak about cringe, shall we just uh, stop beating around the bush? What did you think of Love and Monsters? Uh, which one's that? The Peter K episode. The Absorber oh. Loft. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's terrible. Do you know the history yeah. behind that episode? Um, no, no, I don't. Um, oh, right, okay. Do you want to take it, Eddie? Oh, I was going to say, so basically there was a competition with Blue Peter that whoever won that, the monster that they designed would be used <laughs> uh, in the episode. <laughs> Um, so, the, so the absorbable off was designed by a literal child. Yes. Okay. Um, but it also okay. so with that episode, obviously, it's not from the point of view of the Doctor and the companion, no. and part of that comes into obviously they done the Christmas special, so they then had to do certain blocks for the episodes. Mm-hmm. So the rise of the rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel were filmed at the same time that the last two were, right. so that they could have the right actors. So this was then filmed um, on a very very short sort of period of time. So they obviously couldn't have as much time with the Doctor and the Companion. So that's why it was done from that point of view. And I'm only explaining that because as we get more into this, those episodes do occur more often. They okay. do, yeah. Um, I was I was going to say, though, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Because obviously Blink, um, which you're yet to get to, Sam, and you won't mm-hmm. like because you're a contrarian, but <laughs> Blink is... I've seen, I have seen Blink before, actually. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Blink, like the Doctor and Martha are Has it got... It's got a famous actress, Carrie Mulligan. Is she yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's her, her episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so there's nothing inherently wrong with having episodes that lack the Doctor and their companion. You can get good episodes out of that. Mm-hmm. Another example is Donna isn't in Midnight, and that's one of the strongest episodes of that series. Yes. Okay. Well, okay, so the, the Blue Peter thing is sort of... I think it's perfectly okay to, to take Doctor Who seriously as an institution, because it's clearly very... What it's achieved is amazing. Mm. Yeah. And to know it inside out, you know, to be a fan of it is great. But 
the Blue Peter thing for me is sort of why you can't, there's a line of how seriously you can take it over which you can't cross. Because it's so interwoven into the fabric of British pop culture. Yeah. We've talked about this, the fact there are comic relief specials, Christmas specials, Blue, you know, a kid does a, it's a competition and that's not art, right? That is a negotiation with the public, an ongoing entertainment negotiation with the public. Mm. Okay. Again, it's impossible to compare, but it's the, it's the reason you can't think of it in the same breath as something like Breaking Bad. I'm not I, I'm not looking at Doctor Who going, oh, this isn't Breaking Bad. I am viewing it on its own terms. Um, well, uh, you know, but there's a disjunct. It's definitely not Breaking Bad. No, no, no I'll, but I'll concede that point. I suppose there's a, dis, there's a disjunct there. It's it's not just people telling a story. It's having a chat with the audience as well. Yes. Mm. Um, well, you've also got to keep in mind that this is the BBC, and the whole yeah, yeah, exactly, premise yeah. of that organisation is that it's. You know, you pay your TV license, which funds our programming. So mm-hmm. we we create programming that is representative of you, that you want and, to see, that you want to create. Yeah, yeah. And it started as a informative educational children's show, right? Yes. yes. Doctor um, Who now, yes. That was the original premise. Yeah, Doctor Who, yeah. It lasted all um, one episode, but it yeah, was yeah, the yeah. original idea. Yeah. It did start with that. I mean, yeah, that episode is whack. <laughs> yes. Well, I think uh, there was. Um, I think that monster was mistranslated from the kid's original vision. Oh, was it? Um, I think I think there was because the guy who designed that monster has now got his own YouTube channel, and he's done a whole video about like his life after the absorbable off became a thing, <laughs> and he was like genuinely like bullied in school and shit because of how terrible that episode was. What the, the kids don't bully? Each other. He got an episode. <laughs> he got his thing on an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, and it was terrible. Oh, your university considered it to be one of the worst episodes they've done. Yeah, it is really bad. I I hate it's gimmicky. I mean, that's the main thing for me. Forget the cringe of it. Okay. I hate I hated the oh we're following this guy who's sort of been on the periphery of all the major events of the series. I didn't like that. Okay. It, it felt exactly like expose. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the lost episode where yeah. like basically Eddie uh, obviously lost about a plane crash. All the survivors. There are like fifty survivors. Yeah. We only really focus on. Uh, 14 of them and there is an episode because fans were saying how can we never see what's happening with the random people in the background you know uh, the writers went oh fuck it we'll do an episode that's like that then where you're seeing a lot of the major events of the show through the prism of these satellite characters and it's university regarded as terrible yes um, that sounds bad yeah and this felt like that I mean I admired Peter Kay's accent I thought he did <laughs> he does quite Considering how Bolton he is, I thought he did a pretty a pretty good posh British accent. Okay. Uh, that's about it for that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to remind me of the episodes, really. Okay. Um, oh, did you like the blowjob joke at the end of that episode? I can't remember it. Where the girl that Elton has been dating is sort of... Oh, yeah. Pay- She's oh, yeah, that's the absorbable yeah. lab. That yeah. felt icky. That felt icky. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's Moaning Myrtle as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that Well, felt she bit- will be soon, yeah. <laughs> why Why would she be moaning she can't yeah I just realised as soon as I said it that it doesn't work yeah. do, do, oh. is your hand does your hand moan <laughs> um, depends on the day did you really just compare yeah. a woman to your hand I compared a woman who's been reduced to a paving stone okay if your hand was sentient then um, okay so the Christmas episode is the sort of the first one of the. Well, it's, yeah, it's, te- it's yeah. Tennant's first episode, so yeah, we should we probably start there. Uh, that was a bit rubbish. I don't. The idea of like, oh, it's a Christmas tree that's mechanical and like evil Santas. It's too obviously like, oh, what would you do if you did a sci-fi Christmas episode? Yes, yeah. I, I, it only starts like that to be fair, but I mean, Harriet Jones 
you know, obliterates a colony of a species. And Doctor Who, the Doctor, sorry, 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 guys. <laughs> the Doctor uh, basically, I don't know if he actually does ruin her prime ministership. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he does, does. okay. But he kills a bloke earlier in the episode. He's a hypocrite. You could argue oh, it was in self-defense, but uh, he does it way in advance. Before the guy's even close to him, he satsumas him no, to oblivion. No, but in terms of, like, the Doctor killing... Like, the Sycorax leader was going to kill the Doctor. Right. Were the Doctor to not do anything about it. The Sycorax were leaving, and yeah, yeah, Jones yeah, I know. then I'm being, I'm being a bit facetious. But, um, Are you going to criticise Doctor Who? Do it properly, Sam. <laughs> okay. All right, then. That's meant to be... Look, I'm watching it as a 25-year-old man, okay? Yes. The things that... Are, even the things that are supposed to land often don't with me because I'm a 25-year-old man. Right, okay. But like the bad the moment when he does kill that guy, it's meant to be like, ooh, dark. He yeah. says, I guess that's the kind of guy I'm going to be or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he killed a guy with a satsuma. <laughs> I know. I, I, I quite I quite like that little bit when they're on the ship and he challenges him to a duel. I thought that, that was pretty, He's not really, a pretty cool idea. In terms of David Tennant, like killing him and then saying like, oh, no second chances on that sort of a man. Right, yeah. Now that you've seen a whole season of him, do you agree with that? Do no. Do you feel like that's an accurate representation of that character? Not, not at all. Slightest. Not at all. He's, he's, mm-hmm. um, he's a blue Peter presenter doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He's very clean yeah. cut and sort of child friendly and affable and likable and yeah. many other words that could be said. And David Tennant is, you know, yeah. think, yes. from the yeah, impression yeah. I've gathered from him anyway. But um, Mickey's a cuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's better in the last episode. Yeah, okay. he gets it's, better. He, he gets a bit of bottle by the yeah, end that's of fair it. enough. But I mean, in that Christmas one, already, you know, his girlfriend just decided to go around the universe and all of time with a random bloke. Um, and he just kind of blithely not accepts it, but certainly doesn't put up much of a fight. But they're still, <laughs> but they're still going. But they're still going out though. Like when she comes back, they're just going Christmas shopping and holding hands and stuff. <laughs> and just the 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 tomba of that relationship, it's like six year old boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, like those two have not gone to bed with each other. Like, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I know. Again, I know the tone of the show. But yeah, like at the end of that episode when the Doctor saved the day, and it's rain it's snowing ash over london like mickey's there and he's like you're never gonna stay are you she's like nah and the doctor just holds out his hand and she holds hands with him as they watch the snow <laughs> i think he's in the background just not even like simmering or bristling he's just like yeah yeah i suppose <laughs> yeah no i don't like that. Mickey does, needs does, to grow a backbone. he does start to do that though because like at the end of school review school reunion he's like i want to come with you doctor i want to go, yeah, yeah, go yeah. traveling with you and the doctor obliges and she don't fucking like it yeah her face is a bit like <laughs> The older I get, why don't you just break she, up with him? Just break yeah, up with him. Yeah, I don't guy. know why she does. That's why I don't it's like her it. safety net. But surely that would imply that they are sleeping together. Because what could she possibly be getting from Mickey that she's not getting from the Doctor? A uh, black cock. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so they must be sleeping together. No, they are. They are, they obviously are. But I mean, just yeah. like the way they are portrayed and the way they act. I'm not saying I want them oozing with sexuality, but. It doesn't seem like an adult relationship. It seems yeah, like no, a, that's completely fair. Uh, I think that's it actually for the Christmas one. What was next? New Earth. Uh, didn't, I didn't, think much, didn't think much of that one. Did you not enjoy the return of Cassandra? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, really. Okay. Like I've said before, I don't, well, we shouldn't go through this episode by episode, but um, maybe we should. Well, I, we'll say, stick around on an episode. If, if there's nothing really to say about an episode, yeah, we'll, we'll just, sort of skip we'll, past we'll, it. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. stick to the episodes that we have something to say I about. don't think I have anything to say about that one. Okay. I, I like that the face of Bo is in it. He, yeah, he pops up. I like the face of Bo. Okay. Do, you like, do you like the cat people, Sam? How how, are you, how did you cope with the cat people? Uh, you know. Cunt. 
<laughs> oh, you know Ardlo Hanlon? Is he the same breed of cat? Is that the species? The yeah, species? they return to New Earth. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I like the Ardlo Hanlon cat. <laughs> I'm genuinely interested to see if you if your opinion of that episode stays as high as it is. Yeah. Because you've you even when you've been like, oh, Doctor Who is shit. It's not good. You've always spoken highly of that episode for some reason. Yeah, good I don't luck. know. I always yeah, it made me feel safe that episode. I don't know why. <laughs> Ardlo Hanlon's a cat, you know? Yeah. Do you particularly like Ard- Ardlo Hanlon? No. Oh, okay. But his voice, and he's a cat. That's just, <laughs> that's just, makes me feel okay. Makes me feel warm. Yeah. Right, what's after, what's after New Earth? Tooth and Claw. Which is werewolf the, episode. Queen, yeah. Queen Vic and the Werewolf. Didn't really care for that one. Okay. Yeah, that's about it for that one. <laughs> didn't okay. have too much to say about it. I didn't, like, at the end of it, I didn't like the, um, it's like in uh, Captain Marvel, where if you find out that Avengers is named Avengers because uh, that was her call sign in the Air Force. Just at the end where the Queen is monologuing, she says, and we will call this thing Torchwood. Yes. And if it ever... It's like, all right, enough setup, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all I've got to say about that episode. What's after Tooth uh, Claw? The school reunion. <sighs> I like Sarah Jane and I like K-9, so that's why I like it, but that's... A those, things, th- those things don't mean anything to me. You know, because okay. it, it, it is a reunion episode, isn't it? It's, hey, those guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no one to me. You didn't, you didn't like, you didn't like K nine. Nah. Robot dog. Nah. Wow. It's, it's a robot dog. I'm 25 years old, Jordan. Yeah, and you could do with a fucking <laughs> robot dog in your house. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, it's the girl in the fireplace. Okay, which yeah, we've already spoken about. Yeah. yeah. Then um, we've got. Uh, the Why is the Cybermen in Age of Steel? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Uh, I think the Idiot's Lantern is next, right? Yep, yeah, okay. Um, the Impossible Planet and the Satan something, pit. the Satan Pit. Yeah, I, I quite, I didn't mind that double bill. I thought okay. that was all right. I quite liked that. Like they're trying to do an alien. Re- well, the first part is anyway. Yeah, um, that sort of idea, you know, on a, sh- a, a stranded ship. Yeah, I don't know. I, I quite liked the mixture of sci-fi elements with religious satanic imagery yes yes uh i like that did you like the ood like what the ood or oh, the ood yeah they were all right yeah, yeah. i like the they ood. were okay i quite like the ood <laughs> um yeah that's it for those okay two. <laughs> um what's next i will I make I, i'll make comprehensive notes for series three okay, okay. well uh, no that's fair enough if, if you don't have much to say about the episodes yeah yeah no i mean look that, I, in, that, I don't know, that in and of itself says enough you know in all honesty i don't think my opinions would have drastically changed but Jordan messaged me a few days ago to say basically how far in are you and until he said that I forgot that I had to watch series 2 and so I've had to I've had to zip through series 2 quite quickly mm-hmm. okay I will make measured notes about the series 3 episodes okay what's okay. after that okay uh, Love and Monsters we talked about that right yeah yeah you know no <laughs> <laughs> um, it's disappointing as well in that episode because if I remember correctly in Doomsday Jackie and Pete Tyler are reunited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that speech, I think this is something like other people have brought up as well, but she says like to Pete, but Pete says, did you ever remarry? And Jackie was like, there was never anybody else. Right. And yet in Love and Monster, she's constantly trying to hit on Elton. Well, she tries to hit on the doctor and the pilot. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. But like she, she's sort of like, the doctor rejects her and she's like, oh, fine then. Yeah, yeah. But like Elton, she's really trying to get, you know, Elton's John. All right. I saw that one coming. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, that one was yeah. predictable. I um, don't know what else he's supposed to like. She wanted his crocodile rock. I don't know what else. He... His Rocket Man is <laughs> his Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer. <laughs> I guess, if we're talking about the balls, I guess that's why they call it the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> and then after it's all done, sorry seems to be the hardest word. 
There go you on. go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the episode after that is Fear Her, which is the Olympics. I that's the episode I thought least about. Not not that I had the lowest opinion of. Just yes. nothing. I have nothing to yeah. say. Or no. think I could that. be completely wrong, but I f- I think that episode is literally filler. Like they were going to do an episode that failed, so they had to come up with something to uh, fill the time slot. Yes. So what what happened was they were going to do an episode that was written by Stephen Fry. Yes. Okay. Um, and then there was a ch- they had to change the plan, and so this was what was brought in afterwards. When was it announced that London were going to host the Olympics? Uh, I don't know. It had been by this point. Yeah, because it, fe- it, it feels like a topical, you know, again, that British institution thing of like, ooh, the Olympics, we just got the Olympics, let's make an Olympics episode. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just literally have nothing to think or say about that one. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, disappointed when the actual Olympics rolled around and Bradley Wiggins was the person who carried the torch into the stadium, not the doctor. Not, not Bradley Walsh. What? Not Bradley Walsh. What's not Bradley Walsh? We'll cut that out. <laughs> no, but the point I was making was that, like, I feel like that was a missed opportunity because the episode is literally there. Why didn't you, you know, <laughs> get David Tennant to bring in the torch? Make because it, this, you know... this was the real world Olympics, Jordan. They don't give a shit about Doctor Who. Well, they should. A, a gold medal winning athlete, not or the an actor. <laughs> um, I'm sure there was okay. Doctor Who stuff in the opening ceremony, right? It must have been. It must have yeah, been. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If Mr. Bean was in the opening ceremony. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, after that, you had Army of Ghosts and then Doomsday. Um, yeah, it's, it's okay. How dare uh, you? I know. <laughs> nah, it's fair enough. I don't like the Cybermen. I, think the Dal- no, I quite like the Daleks, uh, just because they're fun- funny to listen to. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I'm just, I don't like Rose. I really don't like her. And it's not the performance, it's just that character. And I just don't care that they're separated. I just don't care. Okay. But yip, yippity yay, Catherine Tate. Yes. <laughs> but she's not the com- next companion, is she? No. No, she's in this episode. Oh, I'm spoiling oh, it for oh, you. Oh, right. um, no, but you can talk about this because Freema Agamon is in is in Doomsday. Oh, yeah, you'll have is to she? let us know. She's in, yeah, she's, uh, remember the two people that go down to oh, the right. basement for a snog? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's one of those people and yet she becomes like a companion. A new character. A new character, yeah. Oh, that's can, weird. Can I explain the connection or do I have to wait? You can try if you want. Well, actually, no. No, let him, I want to see what he says to it. Okay. Because they do address it. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Pilot, make a note. We can talk about it. But yeah, no, no, they yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah, the way they reuse actors. Okay. But I don't know if they've there's anything as blatant. Because even when they reuse Peter Capaldi, that becomes like a story. Yeah, that right. becomes part He's of He's finding like... out where the faces come from. But like Freeman Raggyman, she is just like they are literally just reusing okay. an actor. Well, you know? okay. Yeah, so with with her, she had this was like the third time she'd auditioned for the part. Uh, for well, for a part in the series, and obviously they gave her, she got this part, and because of all the versatility she'd thrown through, like through the different auditions, that's why she was given the audition for the companion. I see. Okay. So yeah, there's yeah, there's more to that, but obviously that's for later date. Yes. So the next is the Christmas special for me then, yeah. Yes. Yes, with Catherine okay. Tate. I don't like Catherine Tate, like, at all. <laughs> so I'm not looking forward, especially not to her run as the companion. Okay. But we'll see how it goes. We will, yeah. Did you not enjoy the, the, the bitchy back and forth between the Cybermen and the, and the Daleks? No. Why? <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you why. Just it, was, it was funny. It was good. <laughs> okay. Each to their own. This is not war. This is pest control. It's funny. Look at me laughing. <laughs> 
Oh well, I'll I'll try oh. and be more. Hopefully, the sciatica will have passed, and I'll have a more positive review for series three. Well, so long as you have a more um, accurate review, it doesn't necessarily have to be positive. Yeah. So series one, you're still fond of. This yes. hasn't ruined your opinion of series one at all. No, no, no. It's episode okay. to episode, isn't it? So series one is still a thumbs up. Yeah. But what is series two? Is that a thumbs down or a thumb? Firmly planted there, there are some I, I, again it's difficult because it's just a random cl- you might as well randomly assign a cluster of episodes um, and just ask me to judge that you know but while there are some thumbs up for series 2 broadly I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down okay you know, because because I was bored for most of it okay so yeah series 3 beckons yep it does so yeah that's it for that's it for Doctor Who. And I think that's it for this episode. I isn't think it? it is. I think it is, yes. Okay. The only other thing I could have possibly mentioned briefly was the fact that Woody Allen's memoir actually got published. It did, yes. And he um he says that Timothy Chalamet can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. Timothy Chalamet only uh donated his fee uh for the film he was in because he wanted to help his Oscar chances. Yes. Uh, which right. doesn't okay. seem massively unlikely to be honest. Yeah, no. I can I can buy that. Yeah. Right, let's wrap up then. Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Well, assuming this works out in post, actually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this will be the format for... Hopefully it hasn't been too different. Yeah. But this is this is going to have to be the format for the time for being. For the near so future. If it's not working out as well as it could, we apologise. Yeah. Yes. Please stick with us, I suppose. All yeah. right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Are you clapping? Okay, we'll give it a go. Right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two... One.